you know, from a coaching standpoint is I could never put heart and passion in a player, but I can get him to go to class. <laughs> Hey, welcome back to the OG's podcast with the original OG, UD. Happy to be here with Coach, man. Coach, we wouldn't be where we're at without you. He's a two-time NCAA national champion back-to-back, six-time SEC champion coach, and now the head coach of Chicago Bulls. Appreciate you. Who would have thought 25 years ago that we'd be sitting here Damn, doing 25? this? And guess what? He's about to get his jersey retired oh, next month. He's old. He's out of the league now. But we appreciate you coming in, man. Like a lot of this stuff is, we've been able to tell stories even off. But as we get into this, it's going to be a lot of fun, just kind of talking about where we're at and where we came from. But you know, that team that we put together in in at University of Florida, you took something that was to me when I came down here. I never even thought Florida could get to where it was. Mm. Um, never in a million years would have thought it'd be where it's at now. Um, and you started that. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of people that had hands on deck, but. They brought in a young coach, and we were blessed to be able to play for you, man. And I think uh, we're just thankful you're on here and that you, what you did for us in our careers. Well, listen, I love both of you to death. And, uh, you know, it's crazy thinking it back, you know, that long. Um, I'll never forget it. We, Anthony Grant, obviously strong tie to Miami High, played there, friends with Frank Martin and Shaky Rodriguez. And Brent, Brent Wright was like the first, our first beat guy up, we signed. Yep, him and Major Parker. And obviously Udonis was a junior, and we really had kind of zeroed in on him. And then obviously Teddy Dupay was, you know, up at Mariner. Um, Ladarius Halton. LD. But, you know, the one thing we really felt like is we had to do a great job recruiting the state of Florida. But you coming out, when I saw you play as a sophomore in high school, <laughs> I'm like, this guy could help change the whole complexion. And uh, I think... John Pelfrey and I watched you play maybe 26 straight days in July. Let's stop <laughs> chasing all over the place. I can place. believe it. <laughs> I can believe it. But believe the it. thing that was interesting is you guys say that, but I wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for you guys because you guys were the ones. And, Mike, I always remembered, like, in the recruiting process, you always said, I want to put my footprints in a place that hasn't, it hasn't been done yet, you mm -hmm. know, and to leave Mitchell, South Dakota, where you could have played anywhere in the country, to come to Florida to play changed the entire program altogether. And I knew what this guy was about, you know, just with Udonis being at Miami High, but just the way he competed and the way he won state championships and stuff. And I think that recruiting class, along with Brenton Major, you guys, for the history of the program, changed it and got it started. And, and you guys were the ones that really sparked and generated us being able to recruit the Joe Kims and the Owls and the Corey Brewers and the Torian Greens. So it's makes me feel old when you guys say 25 <laughs> years, but I mean, no. to think about what you guys did in two years, changing the program. Because my first two years at Florida, we had two losing seasons. You guys come in, we go to the Sweet 16, have a chance to go to the Elite Eight. And then the next year, 
you guys are playing for a national championship, you know, um, so it's a tribute to what you guys committed to. Well, I didn't, I had no idea what he was about, and I almost <laughs> wanted to reconsider my, my options of going there after the first time. First time we played, we played pickup. No, it wasn't practice, it was pickup. Pick I just got okay, on campus. Well, you tried to dunk on me. <laughs> well, what happened? You almost killed me. No, well, no dunking. I'm old, you know, old school, oh, yeah. no dumping. You remember <laughs> old school pickup rules? You don't let nobody dunk on you, man. Yeah, but so I ain't gonna lie to you. what she was thinking, but then I realized that I always got sent home. You the franchise. Cowboys stuff. I was like, I can't hurt him, man. I can't hurt killer, killer. But no, I will say this though, coach. One thing I will say is that, you know what I'm saying, with everything that was going on with the Miami high ties with Coach Frank Martin and all that, and, but you still took the time to come down and you just didn't put it on the relationship of other guys. It could have been easy to say, okay, Frank, um, you know, Coach Grant, you know, we got that locked in, but you actually, you remember coming down to my Oh, house? listen, I used to hang out at Three Fingers all the time, <laughs> late at night. They were passing 40 ounces fingers. through the window. Yes, yeah, yeah. Three Fingers Lounge, yeah, Coach yeah, B. Yes, my, my, one of my coaches, there. Coach B, used to own a little lounge. Yes. Called Three Fingers. First of all, that's yes, nuts man. in the I know, forget it. it. went by Brent Wright's house. He was the first guy we yes. signed. And I mean, I had, I had known Anthony when I was at Kentucky as an assistant, and I had known Shaky for a long time. And then Coach Bernard, you know, who was there as the assistant. Um, so I always came down, you know, just because Anthony had relationships. I felt like I needed to get to know everybody yes, else down yes. here, and I always did that. But I don't forget it. Went to Brent's house. His mailbox had like four bullet holes in it, you know. So <laughs> I was always walking around yeah. in Miami with the right crews to take yeah, care of me. Yeah, you guys came down and visited me at my grandmother's house in yep. Liberty City. Like they actually spent the time, and that was yep. the difference between the other coaches that Coach Donovan. And then when I was fucking up, you came down and was like, "Listen." I don't even know if I'm gonna be able to get you in with this shit. <laughs> like this, I had to this, come down academically yeah, and sit there. Listen, and right now, what's going on? I don't know if I'm gonna get you in. Like this, we, you got to get this shit together. This is not gonna. This is not gonna work. So obviously, I figured it out. But um, I remember that. And also, another thing that I remember was I had never met nobody from New York. He talked so fast. Oh, I don't yeah. know what he said, but I was like, I'm in. <laughs> he sold me. I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm buying. Whatever the fuck he sold me, I'm in. I'm in. Like, that shit was coming quick. And I was like, okay, I'm in. I believe. Oh, he was elite at that for sure. Oh, uh, yeah. Talk about coming from Marshall, where mm -hmm. you were, and going to Florida. Obviously, I mean, it's hard to say you expected exactly what happened, but what was your expect expectations going to Florida at the time? Because obviously you're super young. Um, and then, you know, your relationship with Jay Will and some of that stuff, because those are, to me, those are some of the best stories, obviously, seeing his talent. Oh, yeah, I mean, it was incredible. So the, the, the interesting thing, when I was an assistant coach at Kentucky, I had gotten a call from a coach in West Virginia who told me about Jason Williams. And I invited him to Kentucky's basketball camp. And at that point in time, I was probably maybe 24, 25 years old. So I was still playing. And yeah. Jason and I developed a really, really great relationship. And we really had a need to, to bring in a, like a starting point guard. And Jason was like- This is at Kentucky. At Kentucky. Okay. Jason was okay. going into his senior year of high school. He was probably six foot one, 155 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> I, I think it was dude. the same year Jason Kidd was coming out and guys okay. like that. So that's yeah. who we were recruiting. Yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, so Jason ended up go signing to go to Providence, but Rick Barnes had left and went to Clemson. And so he ended yeah. up going to Fork Union Military Academy. And then when I went to Marshall, he came with me. But you know the thing that was interesting is when I was at Kentucky as an assistant coach, the thing that amazed me in recruiting was once teams like Indiana and Kentucky and Duke and North Carolina got involved recruiting guys, schools would just stop recruiting them. Mm -hmm. They would just say, we can't get them. We can't get them. And they'd stop recruiting them. And I always felt like when I got to Florida, I didn't know what it would be, but I felt like I needed to recruit and we needed to recruit the kind of players 
that I thought we needed to recruit that you know, I respected and had great admiration for. You know, the one thing I would say that was totally different to, from you, know, you two guys and a lot of guys is when you come down to Florida, there's a lot of distractions. Mm -hmm. You were totally driven to be great. Mm -hmm. And I've never seen a guy go from the most dominant Post low player. post player <laughs> no in college no basketball doubt. in his era. The U dominator. That was yes. what he's called. To doing what he had to do physically. And I've always said this about you guys. Throw you guys in any system and you guys will figure out how to impact winning. And I think that's what made you guys great. And, you know, so I just, like, wanted to identify that. And then, you know, guys that love to play, toughness, competitiveness, and, you know, guys that wanted to line up and work every day. And that's, that's kind of how we uh, started the recruiting. And, you know, I, we, and the, the, those guys we identified, we really tried to recruit hard. And that's what we ended up doing. I'm such a fan of Jay Will. That's one thing you can never say. That man, that man would live in the gym. Well, yeah, he still know. plays. He goes and yeah. plays the record. He, he, when you saw him, when you brought him in at Marshall and stuff like that, what, like, was it like, holy shit, what is this? Because that's how I was the first time I saw him. Like, yo, yeah, I ain't never seen like, what's like going that. on right now? But well, I say the same thing when I saw you. <laughs> I say the same thing when I saw I'll you. you. I'll give you a great story, right? So we're, we're, we're trying to recruit Jason Kidd. And, and it's funny when I see Jason Kidd, we talk about this sometimes. I'm trying to recruit Jason Kidd when I'm at Kentucky. And anyway, I've got to make this phone call to Jason Williams and say, Jason, listen, we're kind of going in a different direction. And it broke my heart because he and I had gotten close and had a really close relationship during that time. So I'll never forget it. You guys remember this, the Nike All-American camps oh, yeah. that yes. were in Jersey. You guys yes. all played in them. Yes. So I'm sitting watching a game, and I'm with Coach Patino and P.J. Carlissimo. So P.J. Carlissimo's talking to Coach Patino about looking for a point guard. And Coach Patino, obviously, who I played for and was working for Kentucky at the time, says to me, hey, Billy, what's the name of that kid from West Virginia that, that, that we had a camp? I said, uh, oh, Jason Williams. He said, he's a, he's a really, really good player. P.J., you should look at him. So... <laughs> I said, hey, coach, I'm going over to that court if you want to go over and watch the game for me. Yeah. So you know the way Jason plays. Oh, yeah. Behind oh, the back, yeah. through the legs, everything yeah. else. So he throws, he's coming across half court, and he throws a behind-the-back pass to a guy that's not looking, and it goes <laughs> through the lane, hits the back of the stancher. And P.J. Carlissimo looks at me and goes, are you trying to get me fired? <laughs> <laughs> but Jason, when I left, when I was at Marshall, I had him. I knew he had a chance to be a pro. Oh, I knew, I yes. knew he had a chance. Right. One, he was incredibly driven. He loved the game. Loved he it. was always in the gym. He was always eager to get better and just passionately loved the game. And I'll never forget it. When I left to go to Florida, I had a team meeting, and those, those moments are never great, especially when, you, when you're coaching guys. You, you, you're with a team. You never want to leave. So when I was leaving, he was waiting outside for me, and he grabbed me and says, I want to come with you. And I just said, Jason, you're from West Virginia. You're here to stay here. He says, no, but I want to come with you. So... He ended up coming to Florida, and right when he was at Florida was when we started recruiting you guys. Yeah, yeah. And he was the one guy that we could maybe have to say, listen, you know, if this guy's here for the next couple of years yeah. as a point guard, you guys will love playing with him. And I've always had enormous respect for Jason just all the way around. He loved, he loved hoops so much, but not, not school so much. Tell us, a, <laughs> tell us one, of my favorite, one of my favorite, my favorite <laughs> Jay Will stories of all time. Tell that story about how he came so, into the office. Jason, I, I knew Jason had a chance to be a pro, but I was also worried about him <laughs> academically, right? And as Udana said, he needed to get his act together academically, right? So Jason is not doing great in school. And I said, Jason, listen, every time you miss a tutor, 
you miss a class, you're late for something, it's six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so sure enough, first day I get a phone call, Mr. Tutor, six o'clock in the morning, he's up running. <laughs> Next day it was late for class, six o'clock. And after about five days of this, he comes in my office and says, coach, how about we just do this? How about I just get up every morning at six and run <laughs> and never go to class? <laughs> Listen, you remember when Billy called us in the office? Oh, you remember the when you called me and Mike in the office? And you, I don't know if you remember this. Oh, the prima donna? No, 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 that's a different one. What the fuck are you guys doing? He calls us in, and me and UD are sitting outside the office. We're thinking you're about to gas us up because we're freshmen. It's about the season start. Like, okay, it's our shit. We're gonna go run this thing. We walk in there, and you look at us, and you said, UD, Mike, what the hell are y'all doing? I looked at you and said, what are you doing, dog? I'm working my ass off. Looked at him like, He said, you got an you F and F and D. <laughs> and he, he started making everyone walk us to class. I said, your patience? I'm telling you, Yo, I was a college coach. He literally said, if the season starts today, You're not eligible. I could play either one of you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I could play either one of you motherfuckers. If the season started today, I could play either one of you motherfuckers. I looked at him too. I said, what are you doing, dog? I'm working my ass off. I mean, that was the first time I had left Miami. It was all different. It was a lot going on. So it was moving fast for me. I, I was trying to figure I'm, it out. I was from a town of 13,000. You know where I was at at the time. But like, that's to me, like, to me, that's great coaching, though, especially in college, just because, you know, it's hard. The endurance of college coaching is hard. Like, like taking us and like, not just say, oh, don't worry about them. You took us and like, hey, now we're walking to class. You're signing into class. Like, we righted the ship. And obviously, we're thankful for that because we ended up being able to play. But that was, that, that was interesting. Well, the one thing I always felt like, you know, from a coaching standpoint is I could never put heart and passion in a player. Mm-hmm. But I can get him to go to class. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Mike. <laughs> you sure about that? Yeah. You sure you can get him to go to class? I can get, oh, sure. I can get him to stay eligible. <laughs> hey, listen. I, I but you know what I mean? Like, you guys, you, you guys love button. to play. You made him push the panic button? You made me push the panic button. I started asking Matt Bonner, can I cheat? You know, Matt was, <laughs> Matt was smart as shit. Matt had, like, a 5.0. Like, you can't even get that. I was like, Matt, I need some help here. I just look over. What did Matt say to you? Motherfucker told me he helped me study. I say, Matt, you don't understand. You don't understand what I asked you. <laughs> no, I, can, I, I can study on my own. You, I didn't ask you to help me fucking study. Like, motherfucker, I asked you to let me get off your paper. Like, yeah. He didn't let me get it off his paper. So. No, but like Shout I was out to Matt, though. You guys were not going to fail because of academics. No. You guys were no. too smart anyway. No. But like you guys, I couldn't. Your guys' drive and passion to compete and play and win was as good as anybody I've ever been around, right? And you know, clearly, both of you guys want to play in the NBA. You know, so like, <laughs> let's be honest. You know, if you get a degree and you walk out of college. <laughs> You're not making the same amount of money as you are as a rookie in the NBA. Like, say, I understand say it again that. for the people in the back, though. <laughs> yeah. say, I mean, say it again for the people in the back. I mean, listen, no, I'm, no, no, I'm not knocking education. I'm not knocking a degree. But when I graduate, well, I didn't graduate. When I left college and I started to see a lot of people that I went to school with that graduated, I'm like, well, how the fuck are you in the, working at the kiosk in the mall? Like, I was in class with you. Like, I, I saw you do your work. I saw you take care of your business. Like, why don't you have like the job that you deserve? And I started realizing like it was it was who you know, the connections that you have. A lot of those things come to play, but it's not always about just going to get that degree. So that's why when I last last game, I kind of left and went to spend. You remember you when I was the last game? I was like, I'm gonna go work out with Mike. You came to live, came <laughs> I was, to live with me. That's I literally right. came to yeah. work out and left. Yeah. And no, and I with listen. Mike. You guys have a a a unique skill set and unique ability that your guys' careers are based on your bodies, right? And the bottom line is you're given a gift and a blessing to be able to play the game, and that's your course of making money. And listen, I 
think your family was very, very proud getting a degree and yes. you've worked towards it. So, you know, and getting it like that's important to have. I'm oh, not sure. to your point to Michigan, but your degree was not going to generate the amount of income that you guys were able to generate through playing the game of basketball. Yes. That's, that's yes. a perfect segue, yes. too, because you see it now. Obviously, you're on the NBA side of things doing what you do. But this NIL stuff, right, <sighs> like, A, most importantly, what would me and Udonis made with, from you and NIL? <laughs> but two, though, like, like what you say is right. Man, because Coach, you, you wouldn't like, have been able to handle me. I would have showed up like Dion, gold chains and Cadillacs and shit. You wouldn't have been able to, you wouldn't have been able to stop me. It's a back and forth thing because you give, you give my son's doing All these kids are doing it. Like, you give a kid 200, 300, sometimes it's a million ridiculous. bucks. Like, it's, it's hard to coach it one, mm -hmm. but at the same time, they, they also, like, not everyone's going to make it. So it's, that's we right. talked about before we got on here, like, some of these guys are walk away with a million dollars in the bank, and that's their protection because of what they did. So it's hard. What are your thoughts on the NIL and what it looks like? I mean, yeah, I know you're I not wish, in it, but. Yeah, I wish I knew more about it because I obviously yeah. being removed from it. But I would just say this. The one thing that I don't like about the NIL is I have always felt that you guys, while you're in college, should be taken care of mm -hmm. with the amount of money that gets generated through athletics. So I think we're all in agreement yeah. on that. Mm -hmm. Probably should have happened a long time ago. Yeah. My issue with the NIL is I think you're teaching kids a really, really bad precedent that you can go over here yeah. and make this amount of money, yes. and then you're not happy and pick up and go somewhere else. Yes. When you go to the NBA, you take a job and you sign a contract, you're under contract, yes. you know what I mean? And I just don't know how much that's helping guys because what happens if one of these guys does get drafted whether it be in the NFL, the NBA, and they sign a four-year deal, and they're not happy in the situation, not getting ready to play. They can't leave. No doubt. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that you've got to be able to work your way through some adversity and difficulty yes. sometimes yes. to it, yeah. find out a little bit more about yourself. Yes. And the way it's set up is there's no resiliency of going through anything yeah, that's difficult and tough in life because it's like, you know what? I'm making $300,000 here, but I can pick up and go over here and make this, yes. and I can go do that. And yes. I don't know necessarily if that's the best thing. Yeah. And I'm not begrudging anybody for yeah. making anything financially, but when you get into the real world and you sign contracts, you're going to have to be responsible to those to a certain extent. And like in the NBA, like you talked about it, like you sign a contract and you're disgruntled or you don't like it there, they trade you. You don't have a choice yeah. where you're yeah. going. That's right. Yeah. Huge difference. Yeah. Here right. now they're allowed yeah. to go, you know, and they're giving these guys two, two three times. Yeah. Again, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. I yeah. wouldn't want to be making the decisions, but it is something that needs I mean, to be fixed. I no, like you can go in as a player and say, listen, I don't think this is a good situation. I want to be traded, whatever, and they trade you. But you may not have any, like to your point, yeah. any yeah. idea where you're going. And go sometimes in, in college, these guys say, well, I don't want to go there. Yeah. They're picking where yes. they want to go, and yes. they're making money. So. Again, I'm not, I don't have a problem with the money part of it. I just wonder how much resi resiliency yes, yes. and toughness. Because oh, yes. like, the yes. thing about it is these guys all yes. want to get to the NBA. And you guys know and have played a long time and have played against the best. The level of competitiveness and talent and greatness at this level is incredible. Oh. And if you don't yes. have yes. some level of resiliency and no mental chance. and physical toughness and endurance, yes. it's hard to survive. Forget about your talent and your skill. Yes. You are going to have to deal with... You know, I've always said this, you know, the one thing about NBA players is they know what it's like to go kill somebody. Yeah. They know what it's like to get their butt kicked yeah, in. They, they, yeah. they, they know yeah. everything. They've yeah. seen it all, experienced it all. And rookies just don't always walk in and no, it's, so it goes easy. Not. I mean, there are some dark days for those guys yes. and it's long, long yes. years. Yes. I mean, the, and it goes and also the transfer portal. I think when we were transferring, you have to sit out a year, right. depending on where you were going in a situation like that. Right now, you can literally be a three-year starter somewhere, transfer and pick up right where you left off, your starting spot, and coming with the bag, the yep. money. So 
I don't think, like, I agree with that, the resilience and where's the grit, you know what I'm saying? The things that are going to help you as next, or at the next level if you get there. So, yeah. yeah because that grit and what you guys are talking about, though, like a lot of these guys that get drafted, yeah, I don't care if you're a lottery pick or not, it's hard to play them. And so if you, if you haven't fought through it at some level already, then it's really difficult, not just physically but mentally, right? So, like, that, I think it hurts them. I, the other thing I'd say, like, since you saw both sides of it, what's the biggest difference between coaching at the college level and coaching at the NBA level? I would say this, it's like, um, it's like the way I'd liken this to the conversation we're having right now. <laughs> and what I mean by yeah. that is the conversation that we had when I was recruiting you guys and you guys were 18 years old, yeah. it's a lot different now than it was 25 <laughs> no, no. years ago, right? And I almost like wow. it to, as a parent, yeah. right? You have a child that's eight, nine years old, and now you got a child, that child's 25 or 30. The relationship's different. So you're dealing with, to me, in the NBA, grown men that have experienced everything that they possibly could have experienced in the game of basketball. They've seen it all, they've been through it all. Um, and then I think the college guys just haven't. And yeah. sometimes they're a little bit delusional because people around them are telling them what they gotta do to get to the league, how much they're gonna be in the league, where they're gonna get drafted, and they have no idea. Whereas I think an NBA player is just so much more worldly yeah. and seasoned yeah. in the game of basketball. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that. So, question. Yep. When you decided to take the leap, Coach, the first opportunity, obviously, Orlando obviously didn't work out. Um, OKC. Just give me a rundown on coaching those young guys to obviously where they are now. Did you see those guys? Because I'm, I'm obviously, they're Hall of Famers. Hall of Famers. But as young guys, did you see their careers? KD, what, 16 years into the league and what he's doing now? Did you see those guys' careers yeah, I mean, going I, this way? I mean, I you can see talent, but talent doesn't always right. push you to the next level. It doesn't the, always, you can just stop. I see, we've seen plenty of talented guys. Oh, oh yeah. they don't last a year. In and out. Yep. You can put it in a hole, but they don't last. Did you see these guys being at the level that they're at now and, and playing at, consistent, at this consistent high level? Well, you know, when I, when I came in there, both those guys were Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, both those guys were all-stars. You know, and, and the one thing I really appreciated was with those two guys and even Nick Collison, who was a veteran guy, Nazi Muhammad was OG. a veteran guy. Nazi OG. Like it was, I would say this, the most humbling experience for me was when was the first game I was coaching in the NBA, we were playing San Antonio and I'm walking out there for shoot around the day of the game. And I had to come to the realization that Kevin Durant knows a lot more about guarding Kawhi Leonard than I ever could tell him. <laughs> God. And Russell Westbrook God. knows a lot more about Garden Tony Parker than I could ever tell him. And that moment made me realize that I had to work to mm. catch up to those guys mm. because of what they experienced on the floor. And also those guys' patient level with me, you know, mm. and trying to pick their brain and, and, and learn from them. Because I always think that as a coach, you can watch things in the NBA from the sidelines. It's a different experience when you guys are out there feeling it. You guys can provide different things. And I always you know, tried to do that. But I never forget it, like one of our first games and, and Russell Westbrook was great with this too. So there was like a foul in the lane, you know, and there was a timeout. So it goes to timeout and, you know, I'm like three games removed from college and I'm drawing up uh, and underneath that a bounce play. And Russell says, coach, side. up here, we take it out on the side. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like they would joke with me there yeah, on, yeah. on that stuff and I think they felt like I worked hard. You know, um, the one thing I loved about those two guys, and I tell a lot of players this, those two guys, and, and really the whole team and the organization in a lot of ways, even Serge Ibaka, all of them, but Kevin and Russell were in that gym 
whether there was a game the night before or no game at 8, 8.30. Respect. Respect. Every day. Respect. Every day. That's why they're where they're at, though. And I think even for Kevin, you know, some of the things that, that he had to deal with, with, you know, different injuries and in foot, I think a lot of it's been with how hard he works. You know, I've never seen him he works so go hard. out there and ever take a shot that's not a game shot. Mm. There is no messing around. He mm. gets out there. It is total detail, focus, and concentration. Mm. And the same thing with Russell Westbrook. Like, Russell, he would get to the arena on a home game like three, three and a half hours before the game. And I always said it was like a great comfort thing is that you walk into the locker room before the game, you know, pregame film, whatever it is, you know that that guy is going to be shot out of a cannon once the jump ball goes up, you know. Mm -hmm. And I have great admiration for the way those, comp those guys competed, loved the game and played the game. I, you know, I wish in some way we could have found a way to get through Golden State and, yeah. and beaten them. But, you know, I was very, very fortunate to be around those guys. And then obviously, I think organizationally, helping me with the transition, the organization was very helpful as well. Yeah, but as a credit to you though too, like I'll be honest, coming from college and going in that situation, like just the communication, like you said before, like they know better about how guarding Kawhi. Like I have a conversation with NBA coaches now, even with their players, like just communicate with them. Yeah, they're out there, they're in the grind of it. Like if they don't, if they feel something, believe me, it's 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 worth writing down and understanding. Like that's to me, that's why you've been able to do what you've done because that transition's hard. It's it, it's hard, and you have to. Yeah, I think you have to have an understanding and respect that you know, as a coach, you still can learn and get better. Right? Right. Mm -hmm, sure. I, I really, you know, it, th this was like you end up leaving and making the decision to go. And I never forget this. I had a conversation with Jim O'Brien, who he replaced me at Kentucky when I left. And then he went with Coach Patino to the Celtics, yep. became the head coach of the Celtics, head coach of the Pacers. And we had a conversation mm -hmm. on the phone. And he said, Billy, one of the things you're going to have to do is you got to figure out how to rely on the players because of their experiences. And he said, the mistake that you can make is not to go in there and listen to those guys because they're the ones that experienced between the lines sure. and you can gather an enormous amount of information as a coach to help them instead of coming in as a coach. Well, I'm the coach, it's my way or the highway, I'm not listening right. to anybody. Yeah. And I, I just don't know if that's wise. You know, it's just, I think that you can pull and extract from a lot of different experiences to help me do my job, which is ultimately to put those guys in the posi position to be the best version of themselves. And in order to do that, you have to be able to, I think, have an open mind. And listen, you know, there's times, you, as you know, UD, Mike, you know, you're going to have disagreements on the scouting report. <laughs> That's right. You know what I mean? And we should guard it this way. No, yeah. we should guard it that way. But like, if you have a good relationship and you communicate, you oh, say, yes. listen, yes. we're going to do it this way. This is what I think is best right now. And you know what? If it's not working, we'll change. Yeah. You put your best foot forward yep. to yes. guard it. Yep. Or the other thing is too is, hey, listen, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Let's yep. switch it. Let's do it your way. You got to work together like yeah. that. You know, you're, it's, you're in a working relationship that you're both trying to get the same exact results, and that's win. That's right. But you got to do it together. No and the more information you have to talk things out, I think the healthier it is and probably the better answers you're going to come up with. Yeah. Speaking about winning, um, obviously we came up short when we were at Florida, which was <sighs> one of the most devastating things ever. Um, Michigan State, uh, Team Cleves. Still hate it. Um, but back-to-back -back championships, to me, is one of the most impressive things ever because more, to me, college is more impressive than actually the NBA yeah, in yeah. a lot of terms. One because, game. yes, it's one, one game. You're not at your best. Like, in the NBA, you've been in it, you know, game two, game three at their place. You can lose that and still come back and be fine. That's right. Like, we had our battles against Butler. We ended up winning the game. 
but to win back-to-back championships, to to be able to bring those guys back and do that. Talk about the like what the challenges were after they won it and then coming back the second time because those guys all to buy in and come back. Again, credit to you guys and what you guys did at Florida because that's not easy to do to get them all come back. Because you did just blame me again before we got on here that <laughs> well, I didn't come back. Well, I, if I can blame you for that, then I could take credit for some of the wins because Coach let me talk to the guys and they came back. And he did won. talk to the guys. He did talk he to them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got a couple of calls from UD. Wasn't happy with the way we were playing. Bring them in the office. I want to, I want to get, they need an earful right now. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it, it was funny, Mike, with, uh, and it's kind of, there's certain players that I think you can, are kind of cut from the same cloth. You know, guys that love the game, guys that are competitive and totally driven by winning and understand the sacrifice that goes into that. And you, you were talking about it, right? Like it's, it's all of your being that kind of goes into it, right? And I never forget this. When I was, we had lost in the first or second round before Joe Kim and, and, and Al Horford, Corey Brewer, and those guys were coming in as freshmen. And so it was like their spring getting ready to be freshmen. And I went to Jersey. Joe Kim was at a, a prep school there, and I went there. And this was maybe like a week or two after we had gotten knocked out of the tournament. And this guy was like legitimately bothered that we lost. Didn't play in a game, wasn't part of the game, (laughs) but it was like, I'm going here. And man, he was like so, you know, upset. And I'm like, you know what? Like that that says a lot to me, Mm -hmm. right? And you guys know Vegas Summer League. I mean, excuse (laughs) me, Vegas um, AAU. Yeah, the big time. I'm recruiting Al Horford, and it's in the semifinals. They lose in a really close game, and coaches are there. And I'm walking out of the gym, and he's on the bleachers by himself crying in an AAU game. And I'm like, you know what? This guy cares. Mm -hmm. There's certain things that you can tell from people that really, really winning and competing is important. And, you know, the most amazing thing with those guys was they were 18-0 in the postseason. They never lost a postseason game in two years. And I, and I do say this, like they, they, they have to go down as one of the, the greatest teams just oh, yeah. because yes. they started the season off one year totally unranked. And people can say, hey, they caught lightning in the bottle, they got hot. Then the next year they started number one in the country mm-hmm. and then had to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the thing that was amazing, everybody thinks that we did something to get them back. The only reason they came back was because of Torian Green. Wow. Because Torian wow. couldn't go. He was not going to get drafted. Wow. And they told him, like, Joe him. Kim, Allen, Qu- like, no man this, left this behind. Is, this, it's for exactly right. But they were like, you know what? This is it for you. Yeah. You, get your, you get yourself in order because we're out of here after this year, right? I think the lore of trying to do it again for a second time and then the fact that they felt like if they all left, Torian was going to be left there, unable to maybe realize his yeah. dream because the team wasn't going to yeah, be as good. Amazing. That's dope. And, and I think that that's, it's like I remember him. Like, people probably a lot of times pass by, but like, he took a lot less money at one point in time in his career to stay in Miami. Oh, yeah. You, you know what I mean? And you guys have, you guys have all made – I mean, you, you have made financial sacrifices. You made distance sacrifices oh, yeah. coming all the way from South Dakota to go to Florida. Yeah. There was things that you guys sacrificed for your own individual greatness and for you to win. Hey, and you we, guys made it. We talk about it all the time because our teams that we did it sacrificed. I always – that's the one thing after I came here and some of the stuff we went through, like – 
I, everyone always say, oh, you got to sacrifice. I told them sacrifice is an easy word to say. Yes. If you know what the outcome is going to be. Yeah, yeah. Right. But you got to have a belief factor in it. Yeah. Like if someone said, hey, man, you sacrifice. OK, what's the outcome going to be? Oh, yeah. you're going to win two world championships. Oh, yeah. shit, I'll sacrifice all day long. Of course. But what happened when we go to we sacrifice going lose the first year in yeah. Dallas and we think we're going to blow it up? Yeah. Now I sacrifice for what? Yeah. So like that's that's where to me it's like like. It's a, it takes a special person to a sacrifice, but to believe in the sacrifice. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't know what the outcome. You don't know is. you're gonna get that. Like they don't know what's want. gonna happen. That they don't know if they're gonna win a back-to-back championship. Same thing we didn't know. We yeah. we hey Mike, you guys come here, sacrifice. You'll go from shooting 14 balls to shooting four of them. <laughs> but the sacrifice to me is is it's not what you pick and choose. Oh, yeah, you sure. want to sacrifice? Yes, no doubt. Yes. It's sacrificing yes. what's important yes. to you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No doubt. This and is important and to me, and but no, I got to give no it up. Doubt, and no the doubt. thing is, you never know when it's going to yeah. be your turn to sacrifice. When you're oh. going to be that guy. That's right. You never know when it's going to be your night to have to pass it and be the sacrificer or whether whatever it is. You, that's that's what's always difficult. To deal yeah, with and you know this, you Like sometimes it's not always about like making an extra pass or you know, um, you know taking less Take, shots, yeah. you know what I mean? Sometimes it's like, no, like you're, you're, you've got to be, this has got to be your role. Yeah. And you don't want to play be, that exactly role. Right. No yeah. doubt. And that role's not what I want. And I don't want to sacrifice that, but you may have to sacrifice it to win. Same Trust thing me. for all young kids coming out now. I tell them all the time, it doesn't mean it's who you're going to be four years from now. That's right. It's yeah. who you got to be right now to get playing time. Playing time is oxygen. Without it, you're dead. That's so it. figure out. So to me, figure out. Okay, it's not who you're gonna be always. It's mm-hmm. who you're gonna be now. And if you work and do all the stuff on your own, it's gonna work out for you. But it's it's hard. No, it's like, it well, is hard. it's like you know, throughout your guy's career, like that's what I think would happen. You down. It's like I never forget it. So like, you know, he comes into college and he's this dominant low post player, and then he realizes, okay, I've got to trim down and become this guy that can run and play all day long. And he goes overseas and totally changes himself and goes into a situation where he can totally reinvents himself. Like the level of sacrifice to no sit doubt. there and say, you know what? Because he could have been hard-headed and said, you know what? Hey, I'm one of the best low post scorers in college. I'm, I'm not changing. Like he realized, okay, this is what I have to do, sacrifices I got to make to impact the team. And he's always looking at it too. And it's like the same thing you. You, know, you go into being rookie of the year, yeah. Yeah. You know, in, in, in the NBA and your career. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm going to some of these different situations. No and now I'm not the guy no doubt. anymore. And the thing's not being built around yeah. me. And now I'm, okay, this is what I have to do to no win. No, no, it's tough. Right? It's fucking, it's That's tough. why you need vets. <laughs> yes. Why you need vets. Because yeah. I know when you were talking about OKC earlier, the first person you started speaking on, Nick and Nas. Oh, geez. I think even today, and that was a while ago, but even today I think it's a loss. Um, art to have these vets and these guys in the locker room just to when it is it's time to sacrifice somebody that can come to you not a coach because everybody understands what a coach is going to do a coach is going to always say what's probably best for the team mm-hmm. but somebody that's going to come for you that you Keep trust it real. somebody that's going to sit next to you that's you no know, in the trenches that works out with you that goes through those things every day that can have a conversation with you hey i've been there before i understand how this is going to go but if you do this and every if we win as a team then everybody wins but you have to get that sometimes conversation from another player as opposed to hearing it from a coach or somebody on the staff. It just doesn't translate the same. Well, it's interesting. Like, I would see Spo sometimes in the summertime, and I would see him, and I would say, hey, you know, how's UD doing or whatever? And he would always always say to me, man, like, just what he meant inside the locker room. For sure. And what he did there and just, just how unbelievable he was, yeah. you know? And it's like sometimes people, like, get – like, the winning part's not that – like, being around you, being around you, and seeing the way your careers have taken off and what you guys have accomplished, 
seeing you guys at 18 years old, I'm not surprised. I'm not. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I see Even when Spurrier called you and said, keep away from my guys. You remember that call? Was that? You remember Spurrier oh, called you Spurrier called and said, keep away from my guys? Yeah, I was, I was. No, but like competitively, like the, when you have these conversations, you don't, never forget, you don't, you don't even remember this. Who was the big guy that we played in the NCAA tournament? It was Western Kentucky. He was a big Seven footer. I remember. I don't remember his name, but I remember the big kid. He's he was about like six, a lot of seven foot. Yeah, I remember that. And, I tried and to polarize. He said, he's, he's like so smart. He comes to me and he says to me, listen, he says, don't throw it to me in the post. He says, just let me run this guy up and down the floor. <laughs> and the last 10 minutes, I'll have him drag in. And he says, then I'll go to work. Hit him with the rope of dope. Yep. Hit him with the dope. He just kept on made baskets running the floor. And this poor guy's trying to keep up for like 30 minutes. And then all of a sudden, he's guy had nothing left and he's just totally working him. But like Ali the same Buma, thing with yeah. him. Yeah, like the same thing with him, you know, where everybody, he's in college and they're all telling him he's got to get a 15 to 17 yeah. foot jump shot. He's got to work on pick and pop situations. And he's like telling me like, yeah, it's all good. I'll do that on my own time. Play me how you got to play me for us to win. Which by the way, the running, losing, so by bro. the way, which yeah. by the way, running him to death is hilarious. If you knew where it came from. Oh yes. Hey, because, because <laughs> coach, <laughs> coach, one thing we preached at Florida when we got there, and I had no idea what I was walking into, was we're going to be the most in shape, most disciplined team, right? So we did a 20 and 20, and I'll never forget our old practice facility had the cage around it. And we're doing this, I think it was this time it was like 16s and 16s, or it might have been 18, 8, whatever it was. It wasn't, it wasn't to the 20 and 20 mm. yet. And I look back there one time, and it, just so you guys know at home, like 20 and 20 or 16, you have th whatever the time is to your suicide. 20, and then yes. the, the minute between that and the minute is when you have to go. So again. you guys, like a forward was, would, I think, was like 27 Seven, seconds. Yeah. You guys are 28. And so you'd have 23 seconds to yes, rest yes, in between yes. the next. And next then you got to run another. And we, a whole suicide, and, and people. So, <laughs> and, so, and, so, and so going back to this guy talking about, Coach, I'm going to run him to death. That's it's your evolution. Because it's evolution, evolution, brother. Evolution. Because when I turned back and looked one time, and you would grab that cage <laughs> and we had three dudes trying to tear him up. That was I mean, the one time I knew I was never messing with messing that with That mean the tank was empty. Yeah, I was never messing with UD again. He looked I, at me like, I'm going to kill you. I, I said, dog, tank. you got it, bro. I emptied the tank. <laughs> you got it. I emptied the tank. But it's so funny he said you were going to run into that. That just goes to show you, man, that's crazy. Nah, I mean, 20 and 20 was was, was man, my kryptonite. That stuff I don't we, ever want to see that again. That stuff we did with 20 no and 20 and then the track too, man, that stuff was crazy. Man. Yeah. What was that track workout? The 200s yeah. and the 400s, man. I, I was like, what remember. am I getting into? I don't remember. Listen, I want to shoot a jump shot. Yeah, coach, we came to play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, are, we knew Florida had a great track team. Yes. <laughs> you were part of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw you be out there with that, with that yeah. cutoff shirt and span, I said, we in trouble. Oh, yeah. man. I'll tell you one thing, but I, I will say this. That's the part about it that you got to push through it. And just because you don't like it somewhere, because it was times where I had to get my ass up in the morning and run too, because I wasn't passing the conditioning test. And yeah. To get up and run and take care of my part of it. Nowadays, are they doing that? No. If you just don't like it, are you going to leave? That's right. Then that's right. And, and, and is like it too much? Is it too it, hard? <laughs> and there is something for fighting through something that's difficult and yes. seeing, getting through to for the other sure. side. Everything you, you want is on the other side of doing the hard shit. That's, that's right. right. Everything you want in life is on the other side of doing the hard shit. You ain't, if it's easy, you can keep that shit. I don't want it. I don't want it because there's something tied to it that's probably going to take your ass down later. Coach, can we talk about how much Miami Senior High cheated? What? No, but yeah, y'all had. Let's talk about had, who. Let's had, talk about who would have won: Miami Senior High or Popcorn Palace team. <laughs> <laughs> Pop, 
Popcorn Palace team. Oh, the Corn Palace. The Corn Palace. Oh, yeah, my bad. Pop, I, call pop, I call them the Popcorn Palace team. Mike, what was I have to team? sit there and say you guys would have had a hard time against the high. Hard time. Hard, <laughs> hard time. time against the high. Man, I tried hard to tell time. Him, I'd have came in the high. Uh, I'd have came in the high and been the mayor. That I time. came to see Mike. I saw Mike play before. Before I knew he was going to be my teammate of Florida. I was with the Florida Flash and we were in a tournament and I saw Mike play and it was in Vegas. This is Vegas. It was just one team had all white guys, but it was one that was about six, seven, six, eight. The motherfucker rebound, he dribbled, he passed it to himself, he shot it, he got another rebound. Literally, he did everything. And I didn't know I was gonna play with this guy, but when I came back to Miami, I said, listen, I seen a unicorn. I seen the shit that they be talking about. I know it's, I never seen this before, because growing up in Miami, you got Latino, you got black. That's about it. I, I seen a motherfucking white boy that can go. This motherfucker has done it all. Not knowing you was going to be my teammate at that time, but when I saw you play, I was like, this motherfucker is cold. Like, yes. He was cold. I appreciate that. Oh, he yeah. was cold. Nah, that was when I, I, I first saw you. I in, saw in you. I it was saw in that tournament? Vegas, that was the same yeah. tournament? I yeah. saw you. You were going. Be honest, Coach. His team wasn't you, that good. They stumped. No, but you saw his team. I, they were not good. But here's what I would say about him. Actually, his high school, his high school coach was a great coach. You, you guys were really fortunate playing for Shaky and, and Frank and being around that. And then you playing for months. I mean, yeah. I mean, you guys played for good oh, coaches. Yeah, great but coach, the one but thing, the one thing I always respected about him watching right him play, clearly, like I always found this amazing. Like, how, first of all, the first time I went there, they said, hey, he, he plays in the Corn Palace. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> and this is like I'm talking to somebody. Yeah, the place is made out of corn. I'm like, what? Yeah, he said, popcorn. yeah, it's like built out of corn, right? <laughs> but anyway. I'm watching him, and I'm like, how does a guy from Mitchell, South Dakota, learn how to play like Man, that, right? I couldn't believe it. And then the other part of it was I always felt like he clearly, him taking bad shots would have been better than some of those guys taking yes. great shots. But he played, always yes. played the right way. Yes, he did. He always played the And if guy was open, he moved the I ball. I was impressed because I would have yep. definitely looked them motherfuckers off. <laughs> 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 I would have definitely looked some of them motherfuckers yep. off for a show, for a show. No way, well, no glad, how. I'm glad it worked out because I'm going to tell you right now. And I always used to enjoy getting down to Miami High, especially when you guys had maybe like a little bit of practice down in the asylum. I'm drawing Fred. The two, the, no, no, not Fred. The two officials, uh, John Goble and Jason Goble. Yo, Jason. I told him one time we were rough in. He, he called a foul. I thought it was a weak foul. I said, listen, they would have ran you out of the asylum if you were in there like that. Right? I think they get more shit for going to Miami High than they do for being refs. They get more shit for going to Miami High than they do for being refs. They're great guys. No, they but good dudes. The one thing about, like, Frank would get really, really, really upset yeah. to be a bad practice or whatever, and they would. He would, cut, he it, it would, he would shut the lights off and kick us out the gym. Yeah, it would be Did y'all ever get kicked out the gym in South Dakota? We did. Months yeah. was nuts. Yeah, he would shut the lights off and kick us out the gym. That's how it's supposed to be. Do your job. We got kicked out of with it. Remember we came if you, back. If you do up. that nowadays, they'll transfer and leave you. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Who do we? Who do we get beat by? Was it? God, I hate to even say this word. Did we get beat by Florida State and drove home and practiced one night? I can't remember. No, the time. Uh, no, we. Uh, yes, I think we did. You, you. I never forget this. I was so mad when. That yes, happened. we ended up. I think we ended up losing the game. And it was interesting. You were like, I don't even know what you were like. I'm just gonna throw this out. Like two fifteen. Oh yeah, terrible. And I'll never forget this. We got back. And I got off the bus and I went down to the office to grab some film and some other stuff. And all I heard was like the ball bouncing. Oh. And I walked up the stairs and you didn't even see me. You had no shirt on and a pair of shorts on and you were going up and down the court at like two o'clock in the morning, full court, getting <laughs> shots man, up. Listen, you know how many times I tried to get this man to come out to the club with me and that man said, I gotta go to the gym? 
He'd be in, he, stay in the gym. He, yeah, he lived in the gym. He definitely lived. I had to learn. I was in love with competition and just showing motherfuckers that I could do something they said I couldn't do. <laughs> That's what I, you tell me I can't do it, motherfucker, I'm going to show you I can. Him, in, he lived in the gym. You know what I mean? From day one. Yeah, you didn't like all the drills, but the minute there was score oh. being kept, oh. that was your time. Yeah, oh. as soon as that, it was competition. Yeah, scores being kept right now, there's a winner and loser, I'm yes. in. I'm yes. in. Yes. All yes. these closeouts and defensive shell, that's not for me. You want to keep score? I'm in. So winner and a fucking loser. Exactly. Yes. Me and mine. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. That, that was so fun, though, man. I think, uh, obviously, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it worked out. It was a hard decision. All kids have hard decisions. And that's where it's like, for me now, is like, you just be thankful to make the tough decisions because you had all those things to make. I was fortunate to run into you guys and, and do this, but like, it's worked out so well. And we're so thankful that you're, A, you're here, but A, that you did everything for us to be here. Yes, sir. Because I wouldn't be here without you guys now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So with the coaching part of it, you got to have great players and, and, and even better people. You guys were, I mean, I look at it this way. You could have gone just about anywhere in the country to go, go play. You could have gone anywhere in the country to go play. And the fact that you came, you know, and, and Florida, you, you, like I said, you changed a lot of lives by you guys coming there, you know, all the way around and opened up opportunities and doors for, for a lot of people. And, you know, it's crazy. I'm, Coach Grant still speak to all the time. John Pelfrey. Yeah, shout out, to, shout out to Coach Grant, Pelfrey, Pel Donnie Jones. Like yeah, those, Jones. those were the real OG. Y'all yeah, were the OGs yeah. for real. Yep, all those guys. So I you know, keep in touch with them. Um, you know, even you know, Tom Ostrom and Tim Maloney, oh, yeah. the guys that were starting out, all those guys. So, Tommy O. Tommy yeah, T.O. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it, it's unbelievable how much everybody's you know, oh, yeah. remained together and close after all these years. Yeah. You know? we, did it, we did it together. That's yeah. why. Yeah. It's a family. But awesome. We appreciate you coming in, Coach. My pleasure. I know you got a lot going on. And no, I love the both of you. Love the both of you guys. We appreciate Thank you coming in. It's been awesome. Pleasure. It's been awesome catching back up. Great. Tell the family we say what's up. I will. Love you, Great. brother. Love, love you, Coach. Thank you. Love you, Coach. Thanks, UD. Appreciate you. Thank you, guys.